This is The Converse, an apostolic tabernacle podcast all about sharing the truth of God's Word. In this podcast, you will hear sermons, panel discussions, and much more. If you would like more information about this ministry or would like to plan your visit, go to atwilmington.com. For now, enjoy your time on The Converse. Luke chapter 2 and verse 7, And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes. Everybody say swaddling clothes. And laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, everybody say Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. I would like to talk to us for just a moment on this Sunday morning about unwrapping the gift of God, unwrapping the gift of God. Can we pray together? Father, we do honor you. We give you praise Lord, we lift up your holy and magnificent name. You are worthy, God, of all our praise today, God. We ask, Lord, that you would touch our hearts and our minds to receive the word of God, Lord. We ask, Lord Jesus, that you do your work, O God, that you have desired, intended to do, O God, this morning. Lord, we praise you for what you're going to do, God. We know, God, that you're so faithful and you're able to perform your precious word. And God, we claim the blessing and the victory today in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. And God bless all of you today. I was thinking how it would be unusual for us, especially with children, to have a gift under the tree with their name on it, and they refused to unwrap it. I wouldn't, that wouldn't hardly be the case, would it? Most of the time, they're unwrapping gifts even if it's not to them. And I was looking at the Scripture, meditating on God's Word, and I was thinking about the wonderful message of God came as a gift to mankind. First uh, John, I mean John chapter 1 and verse 14, the Bible simply says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Matthew 1 and 23 said, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. What a magnificent gift that God would come to be with us. 
First Timothy 3.16 tells us, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. So when we talk about this time of the year, we know that Jesus Christ, God manifest in flesh, came to this earth so you and I could be saved. What a great gift he has given us. And uh, we know as God came, even though there were many religious scholars at that time, uh, many, many Orthodox priests and Jews, they, they missed his divine visitation. Boy, I would hate to miss the divine visitation in these last days. The Lord is moving in such a great way. Amen. All we need to do is discern where we're at and, and just, just get into the spirit of the Lord and we can understand what God has in store. I believe the darker the night, the greater is the light of Jesus Christ. I believe that all hell is breaking loose, but I believe God's glory is going to shine on this earth and people are going to be saved and God's going to do his thing. Amen. And if you look at God's word and you study in, uh, about the time that Jesus came, it would parallel the time that we're living in. It was a time of turmoil, just like our time. It's a time of oppression. It's a time of confusion, time of high taxation. Everybody say amen to that. Um, religious liberties were being oppressed then, and they're starting to be oppressed now. Economic troubles and religious confusion and blindness were part of the time when Jesus came. And sometimes we lament and we fuss about the time that we're living in. But I want you to know this is the same time that God robed himself in flesh and came among men. This is the time that people need the Lord. This is the time that the glory of the Lord can shine forth in times like these. Amen. I remember we sing old song in times like these. We need a Savior. Don't we need a Savior today? Amen. The answer is not one a political party. The answer is still Jesus Christ. He's the only one. He is the one that can solve the problems of our world today. <clears throat> but it was a time when the Jewish people especially were being oppressed and they were struggling under the load of all the things that I just mentioned. And all of a sudden... In the middle of a very dark time, God showed up. And I'd just like to pause right here and tell you, in the middle of all this mess that we're living in, I want you to know God is still showing up. Amen. God's still showing up. And God's still showing out. And God is still able to display his glory and his power. And God is still showing up for his people today. And in the power of his spirit, he's showing up. And i tell you why God also is showing up. Amen. He's showing up to bring clarity to the minds of the confused today. He's, bringing up, he's showing up to bring comfort to those that are not comforted today. He's showing up to bring strength. Amen. And let you know you can make it through this time that we're living in. He's showing up to bring assurance. Amen. That he's never lost a battle. Amen. And that he is the victor. He's showing up to allow you to know that God's promises are still true to today. Amen. And what he said in his word, he's still able to perform it in your life. Amen. I wish somebody would claim the promises of God today in Jesus' name. And I just want to mention, never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. Because in the midst of a storm, the Lord is there. Amen. Just for a few moments, I would like to take the scriptures that we read 
and just begin to unwrap the gift of God, amen, just for a moment. There was a tower in, 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 in this area, amen, that, that we read about this morning. There was a tower there, and it was called the Tower of the Flock, amen. And this is where the lambs that were set aside for the temple sacrifices were raised, amen, called the Tower of the Flock, the flocks in the surrounding fields were vast because there was an estimated population of several million people in that area. And during the Passover, the annual celebration of the Hebrew nation, and they were celebrating their deliverance from captivity in Egypt. And I'm glad that I've been delivered. And I'm still celebrating. Amen. Amen. That I have been delivered from the devil. Amen. And from the world. Aren't you happy about that? Amen. And uh, they, they, as you most of you probably know, there was one lamb needed, amen, for every household. It was estimated that 250,000 sheep were needed every year to accommodate the Passover, the sacrifices, and the feast. Now, the tower of the flock provided the perfect vantage point from which the shepherds that we read about in our scripture today could quite literally watch over their flocks from above. Every firstborn male lamb was considered holy and was set aside for sacrifice in Jerusalem. Sheep herding was, a, was, a, was an occupation that was passed down from one generation to the next generation. Generations of shepherds were trained to care for these special lambs. Everybody say special lambs. These were special lambs, and think about this. They were special lambs, and they were watched over by what was referred to as Levitical shepherds. Not any shepherds, but Levitical shepherds. They literally would risk their life to protect the sheep from predators and keep them from falling into the many crevices and ravines in that rocky hill country. So they raised and kept they were kept in a very special field full of sacrificial lambs. That's what they were watching over. They were watching over sacrificial lambs. Now, I thought it was interesting to note the newborn lambs would be wrapped tightly in swaddling cloths in a specially designated temple cloths, as they were called. And they would be laid in a manger to keep them contained while they were being examined for blemishes. And so they would take these lambs and wrap them tightly so they would be comforted, so they would be, they would be at ease. And that priest would come along and he would put them in a manger and he would look them over and unwrap and check every portion of that lamb to make sure that this lamb would qualify to be offered on the altar. And at the appointed time, the shepherds would separate the lambs, selecting only the firstborn males that were without mark or without blemish. And they would lead them to Jerusalem where they would be purchased by people wanting to present a sacrifice before the Lord to atone for their sins. And when the angel of the Lord appeared to the shepherds in the fields, he told them they would find this newborn king. And they said he would be wrapped in swaddling clothes. And he would be lying in the same type of manger that these sacrificial lambs 
were laid in. You tell me God doesn't know what he's doing. Amen. They knew exactly where he would be found because swaddling clothes were only used in one particular location and for one particular purpose. The tower of the flock. Amen. The place where sacrificial lambs were wrapped and examined for perfection before being set apart for the slaughter that would atone for sin and make peace with God. No wonder John the Baptist when Jesus come walking along, he said, Behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the world. This sacrificial lamb, amen, was none other than God robed in flesh. This perfect lamb that would take away the sins of mankind once and for all. No longer would the sins be rolled ahead year after year. But this time when the lamb went to the sacrifice, it would take care of my sin. It would take care of your sins. It would take care of next year's sins. God knows what he's doing. And that's why we celebrate this time of the year that he came this sacrificial lamb to offer himself up on Calvary's cross. And even though all these things were transpiring and even all this typology and significance was, was, was being presented, there's still people were blind because of the veil of the flesh. People struggled to recognize this was the ultimate sacrifice, the lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. And you would see throughout the scripture when this blindness, this flesh got in the way. And I'm telling you, sometimes flesh will get in the way of us receiving revelation, tradition will get in the way of us receiving what God has for you and I. But God, I pray that you open eyes today that we can see clearly who we're dealing with and what we're dealing with. And that we're dealing with God robed in flesh. Amen. Amen. That came so you and I could be saved. I wish you'd clap your hands today and thank the Lord for salvation. When he spoke in the temple and he declared to all his mission in his calling in Luke chapter 4, where he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he have anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He have sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of the sight to the blind and to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. He was trying to unwrap this gift in their midst. He was trying to let them know, I am he who you've been looking for. I am he who you've been talking about. I'm here in the midst of your people. But verse 22 would give us again this fleshly battle. And they said that all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is not this Joseph's son? reasoning away once again because of the flesh. One time the disciples, and you remember this, were on the ship and Jesus was asleep during this great storm that was taking place. And they were so afraid they thought they were going to perish. And they ran and they woke Jesus up and said, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And the Bible said that he got up and he arose and he rebuked the wind and, and he said unto the sea, 
peace be still. And I, I got to pause here right now that some are dealing with troubled seas in your life. And I'm here to tell you that the Lord is still speaking peace to you. And he's telling your heart, peace be still. I'm able to calm the rage and see. I'm able to bring peace to your life. I'm able to take care of cancer. I'm able, I'm able to take care of every disease and every sickness. I'm here to take care of every problem that's in your life. I'm here to take care of rebellious children. I can do it. I can do it. I'm telling you, put your trust in the Lord today. Would you raise your hands and say, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And the Lord got up and showed that he was God over the sea and over the wind. Amen. And when he spoke the word, the sea had to listen and the wind had to listen. And the Bible said the reaction was this, and they feared exceedingly. And said one to another, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Peter, who had glimpses of this gift of God, said at the draught of the fishes at time, when, 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 when the Lord said, hey, let down your nets and I'm getting ready to give you a great draught of fishes. And he said, oh, Lord, Master, we, we have fished all night and we've come up empty. And the Lord said, just let your nets down and I'm getting ready to give you a blessing. I wish somebody would let their net down today because God is still in the blessing business at the obedience of his word. Amen. If I'm sick in my body, step out and let the elders anoint you and there's a great blessing because if you're obedient God said I'd heal you amen if you need the gift of God repent of your sins be baptized in Jesus name and I'm telling you God will still give you the gift of the Holy Ghost amen because he's a God that blesses amen those that are obedient to his word oh hallelujah praise God he said at your word we're going to do it and all of a sudden, man, the net became so full that the ship began to sink. And Peter, he fell down at Jesus' knees because all of a sudden he began to unwrap the gift of God a little bit. And he said, depart from me. I realize I'm in the midst of divinity. Amen. He said, for I am a sinful man. Oh, Lord, he felt like Isaiah, woe is me. I am a man of unclean lips. He realized I'm in the presence of God Almighty. Amen. One day the Lord, he began to challenge their faith, and he tried to open up their understanding. When he asked this question one time, he said, Whom say the people that I am? And they had various answers. Some said, you are John the Baptist. Others say, you're Elias. And, and one, some said, you were some of the old, one of the old prophets. But Jesus, trying to unwrap this gift, asked, whom say ye that I am? And Peter said, once again, he got a revelation. And Jesus even said, flesh and blood didn't reveal it to you. Amen. He said, you're the Christ of God. You're the Messiah. You're the anointed one already beginning to unwrap this gift of God, beginning to understand who they were dealing with over and over. 
the struggle to unwrap the gift of God even today in the day and hour that we're living in with false doctrine and confusion on every side. I'm here this morning to just unwrap this wonderful gift of God to let you know it was God himself. Nobody else could do it. A man that came in the form of flesh as the son of God to die on Calvary so you and I could be saved today. Even until the end when Jesus was betrayed and he sent to Pilate, the governor, under intense questioning of who Jesus is. They wanted to understand who he was. The Bible says that Jesus went silent and answered him to never a word. And so much, the Bible said, the governor marveled greatly, fulfilling the prophecy of Isaiah 53 and 7. When it said he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He, was, he is brought as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before his shears is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. So they scourged him. And they began to unwrap the gift of God. They stripped him of all his clothes. And they nailed him there to the cross. This lamb, this sacrificial lamb of God, which would take away the sins of the world. He was born into the world, this sacrificial lamb, lying in the manger and swaddling clothes, fulfilling prophecy. He lived the life before them, and here he is being stripped down and nailed to a cross. And as this lamb for sinners was slain, the witness of heaven began to hide its face. Darkness fell on the earth. The veil of the temple, the Bible said, was rent from top to bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent because nature even recognized who he was. And the Bible said, and came out of the graves after his resurrection went into the holy city and peered unto many. In other words, when he arose, it was so powerful that even saints that died before rose up out of the grave and were witnesses to this resurrection. And when all this was transpiring, remember, even the centurion, the man that was used to crucifixion, a man that was used to seeing people die on crosses, a man that was mean and ugly and hateful and had a hard heart and callous spirit. And when he saw it, as he was watching on these things, he said, truly, this was the Son of God. And more than two millennia later, Jesus is still taking away the sins of all who accept his sacrifice that makes peace by obeying the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. As Thomas gave witness after his resurrection, as he reached his finger into the nail print of his hand, and he felt the wound in his side, he declared, Thomas the apostle, he declared, my Lord and my God. It's more this morning than just a story. I would like to say he is the king of glory. Colossians said, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Who is the image, speaking of Jesus Christ, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn 
of every creature. For by him were all things created. And, and, and his is before all things. And he is before all things. And by him all things consist. And that in him should all the fullness of the Godhead dwell. First Timothy, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in flesh. Justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. Jesus, he said in Revelation, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come. He said, I am the Almighty, amen, and I'm glad that I know who Jesus is. Revelation 13 declares he was a lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And I'm here to say, why don't we unwrap the gift of God today and receive the greatest gift that was ever given. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget to visit us at atwilmington.com. We will see you next time on The Converse.